1: Welcome to Amplify. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Your hosts are Ken Roshan and Gisela Gonzalez. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. And now, here are your hosts. Ken and Gisella.
2: Hello, this is Ken Roshan.
0: And Gisela, hello.
2: So we're being sponsored today by CU Space International, The Mobilizer, Josh the Pokerpreneur, Swag Dog, and Wexler Group Consulting. Hey, Greg, how are you doing? It's good,
0: guys.
2: Well, thank you for taking the time to be on our show. We're ready to amplify what you do that's great in the world. Oh, well,
3: cool. Where,
2: where do we begin? Well, I think we should start with the history. Uh, first of all, uh, we met at CEO Space, and that's one of the reasons that uh, we learned about each other. And I, I wanted to, I guess, start off with Secret knock. how did you come up with that idea?
3: Come up with the idea of, of, of
2: which one? The Secret Knock.
3: Well, Secret Knock is kind of interesting. As a trade, I write books, and I interview amazing thought leaders, and a lot of my friends kept asking how they can meet my friends as well, just like you guys. And so we started doing a little event in my living room with 12 people, and then it grew to a very large, substantial event, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's just basically sharing friends in an in a intimate setting. Wouldn't you agree?
2: I agree, and you're at your 10-year uh, anniversary next year, aren't you?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be coming up in July. And just so you guys know, I'm, I'm driving around Beverly Hills right now. I'm in my fancy uh, sports car. That's why it sounds so loud. But I'm a couple of miles away from this rich guy I'm getting a, ready to have a meeting with. So I'll pull over and then we'll have a little bit better sound quality. But I got to tell you, it is the nicest little area. Anyone's ever had a chance to get up here to the, uh, the hills. It's just absolutely stunning. You've never seen so many beautiful people and fancy sports cars in your life.
2: Well, since it's raining in uh, DC and it's not very nice weather, we will choose to actually do this live in that area next year.
3: There you go. You're a smart. You're a smart, smart, smart man. Hi, Gisella.
0: Hello. How are you? I'm glad you're here.
3: Hi, there you go. Always good. You know that. So, anywho, so what else do you want to amplify?
2: Well, I, I really want to focus first on the Secret Knock because I have to say that after going to your event the first time, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And it is actually everything you described. It's that mystery. It's something if you don't experience it, you don't know what you're going to get. And the, the quality of people that you have in that event is probably the highest I've ever experienced. They're all movers and shakers and innovators. There are people that actually question what better in the world they do it.
3: Yeah, well, it's interesting. A lot of events people bring in coaches or mentors or teachers uh, all we do is bring in the world thought leaders who actually did it so if you want to start a nonprofit, we'll bring in the founder of Make-A-Wish you started one of the world's largest ones <laughs> oh, my bad. and he'll tell you how to do it and then if you want to learn how to start a clothing line we bring on the guy who actually started Ugg Boots and all the way down the line and we realize if you hang around people who are doing what you want to do eventually you can do it for yourself
2: well, that was one of the things I realized that was so powerful about your event. A lot of events work with uh, theoretical gurus or celebrity gurus, but you actually work with results based gurus, people that actually paid their dues, uh, did whatever it took, overcame the obstacles, and just uh, it was really the stickability book that you wrote about. It, it's, it was uh, yeah. not stopping until they knew that they. And, you know, I love the fact that you ha- helped me with an epiphany that people that make it. You said the difference between people that make it and don't make it is that they knew that they were going to make it. And I thought that was a very powerful statement.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, and, and that came from just interviewing these amazing people. And I asked him, I said, you know, this one guy, his, his name was Ya Ling, or still is. He's a famous music composer and conductor. And I asked him, I said, did you ever want to quit? He goes, every day. And I go, why didn't you quit? And he says, I knew. I go, what do you mean? He says, well, I knew when they put a baseball in my hand that I should be playing piano. So I sat it down and I followed my passion because I knew I should be doing it. And he says, if you would find something that you know, not your hope, not your wish, not you believe, but what you just know, the burning desire that you're going to do, nothing can stop you. And I just always thought that that was so powerful because all the greatest inspirations I've ever met in my life, they found their knowing not their hope or wish, their knowing, and they didn't let another person or themselves talk them out of that dream. And at what
2: point did you know what you wanted to do with your life? And, and, and what was that single uh, that signal?
3: You know, I think we're still, you know, one of the things about personal growth is that we're always growing, right? So, you know, I, I think it's, you know, you know, there's no arrive or anything of that nature. I, I'm learning something new every day. So, just as I got into the book industry, by the way, people that aren't familiar with you, my name is Greg. Hi, everyone. I'm from San Diego, California. I am an author, a speaker, and a filmmaker, and all by accident. (laughs) So, I mean, I got D's in English in school. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, uh, but I learned a great lesson. You work your strengths, and you hire your weaknesses. So, I realized I was not a great writer, but I was a great, you know, communicator. I I had the gift of gab. I was full of... Full of hot air, so to speak. So I found really good ghostwriters who could take my message and then craft it in a way that the world would want to read it. By doing that, we've been published now in 50-plus uh, books, 45 countries and languages around the world, and have had a little bit of modicum of success. But the moral is, work your strengths and hire your weaknesses. You don't have to be the best at something, just surround yourself with people who are.
2: Well, one of the things I appreciate about you being on the stage is when you connect with the audience, you actually are very humble and you share where you were and that you're even shocked at sometimes of where you've become, where you've gotten, but uh, Giselle, I know one of her favorite books of all time is Stickability, and the fact that she got to meet you at the Family Film Awards was uh, really, uh, I guess, uh, in a way a dream come true because she was actually talking about the book before she met you, and then she, I said, hey, we're going to this event, I think Greg's going to be there, and she goes, you're kidding me, the author of Stickability, so... She really loved your book a lot, and, and it really is the difference of why people make it.
3: I appreciate that. And when we were doing Stickability, the idea was to interview these amazing people to find out, you know, not just, uh, you know, why they didn't give up, but how they didn't give up. And to me, that's what it came down to, because you see all these motivation guys, and they say, you know, don't give up on your dreams, but no one gives you an actual tangible way of doing that. And that's what that book was about. Gisela, what was your takeaway? I mean, what did you get from it?
0: Oh, Greg, I I, got to say that this book has not changed just my life, but I actually took the book to the next level. I would translate for months to uh, moms with depression that they were lost. They did not know what to do with their life, And that book, uh, as a translation from English to Spanish, from English to Portuguese, I've changed... People's lives with your help, without not knowing who you are, and I, I have to say that um, to me it was it was it's almost like in my second Bible. And I used to say that to Ken that Oh my gosh, I have to read this book," and he will laugh because I was like, "I have," and I, I know the guy that wrote the book. And to me, it was just uh, you know, it, it's almost like if you don't read this book, you really don't know what's out there for you, because it's it's a revelation. It's a revelation. Thank you. Thank you.
3: I, and I appreciate you sharing and passing it on. You know, that's one of the greatest things about the interviews that we did with people. They just shared their wisdom that they learned, and they pass it on to the next generation. Just like you just did. You learn something, and then you pass it on to someone as well. So congratulations on that. That speaks volumes of your character. And by the way, I'm pulled over here, so I'm going to switch you guys to speaker so we can have a conversation now. And here's our uh, dialogue. Perfect,
0: go. perfect. So on behalf of these 38 women that I have in my group now, and it's totally pro bono, we don't charge, we actually help them to, you know, get out of depression and, and go and find what their strengths are. And, and, and on behalf of these 38 women, I want to right, say right. thank you, Greg, for, for helping, you know, all of these. Mothers of the future, to you know, get through uh, whatever it is that's happening in their lives, and, and through that book, you're really coaching many, many people how to live better and become, you know, what, whatever they wanted to be. That it's that per se. So, um, uh, that's huge! I, uh, I that, that's huge!
3: Yay!
0: would you give us a a award for uh, those moms out there that will probably be listening to you today? Because I did advertise that, you know, our mentor would be, uh, you know, uh, in the show today, and everybody was like, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to understand the English, but I can actually translate to them later on our uh, meetup. Would you give us, uh, these moms, you know, something that they can hold on to it?
3: Well, absolutely. Remember this we are a reflection of the people we hang around the most and our lifestyle, our income, our attitudes the average of the group. So be very careful and cautious of who we surround ourselves with. If we hang around champions and positive thought people, then that becomes our conversation. And so I find it very important, just like Ken does, he travels the country around the world to meet with the top people because those are the conversations we wanna have. And if you don't like the conversations you're having within your circle, get a new circle. Be courageous to start your own club. Be the leader, and then invite other like-minded people that share your dream to join you. And before you know it, you'll have another group of associations of people that not only are uplifting and encouraging, but they can truly catapult your life and your attitude to a whole new dimension.
2: Beautifully said. You know, the stickability uh, piece, I think, is, the ingredient that most people do not commit to when they're actually chasing their dream. They have the, uh, the obstacles, the, the knockdowns and the, the times where they just question themselves instead of actually saying, how committed am I to this dream uh, or this mission? Yeah,
3: so, that's I, the difference. That's, I, a, that's the difference though. You know, the, success and failure comes down to your, your degree of commitment. Meaning if, if you, if you start a brand new restaurant because you're interested in it well as soon as there's challenges you might quit but if you take over the family italian restaurant that's been around for eight generations as soon as there's a challenge you're going to find a solution a way through to to honor your heritage and you're committed and it's the same exact thing of relationships or whatever we're doing so the key is to find something that you are committed to that you will hold fast and not give up no matter what life throws it well i think we're coming
2: up to our first break very soon so Can you please share with our guests how they can uh, reach out to you and uh, learn more about the Secret Knock and Stickability?
3: Well, absolutely. You can go into any bookstore, Barnes & Noble, and pick up any of the books at any time. On the same note, our website is secretknock.co. We left the M off, so it's secret. So it's just secretknock.co, and let's go to break.
0: Enjoy. Enjoy.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies
2: good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash
1: syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best. Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then, apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify.
2: All right, we are back again.
0: And to Zala Gonzalez.
2: And we are in D.C., and we are going straight through the end of the program. We did our one break, and because we have a very special guest, Greg, who's in Beverly Hills right now driving around and seeing Bentleys and Rolls Royces, every other car, he is, uh, he's letting us know how many cars he sees as we go through this program. So, Greg, thank you very much for being on the program. I wanted to shift over from stickability to your book about mentorship, The Millionaire Mentor. Uh, what, what caused you to write that book, and, and how has mentorship actually played a key role in your life? And part three of it is, who have your mentors been?
3: Oh, uh, boy, there's, there's, I'm going to go backwards. So what's interesting is when people seek mentors, you understand you should have multiple. So, for example, I've got a great tennis instructor who's a mentor of mine for my backhand, and then I also got a mentor that helps me with my financial advice, but I'm not going to ask him about my relationships or my business, so I have multiple mentors of different avenues for things. Uh, the reason I wrote this book is a story about David, which I'll tell you, and how the book came to be is, again, you know, I'm not the greatest writer. In fact, when you write a book, uh, you write a query letter. It says kind of who you are, what's your message, who's going to read your book. I was turned down by 268 people publishers in a row the 269th publisher said we'll do your book just change the title the beginning the middle and the end <laughs> it was so bad and so I took the counsel, <laughs> and, it, and it went on to be a huge worldwide bestseller for me and changed my entire life and career and it's so interesting how many people would have quit after 50 rejections or 100 or 200 but the key is I knew just like I were talking about earlier that I had to get this story out And it's a story about a young man I was mentoring. I met him through a mentorship program, and he got arrested for stealing a bicycle and carrying a pocket knife to school. I took him under my wing, and we became friends. And sure enough, a couple of months goes by, and I took him over to Kmart, and I said, over here is a bicycle section. Why don't you pick out a bike for yourself and and earn it yourself, and, and, and you can have any bike you want. And he says, I can't get a bike. I'm just a kid. I got no money. I said, okay, let's leave. He goes, no, wait a second. I goes, how do you mean I can get a bike? I go, just pick out one and you can have it. He comes over and he goes, this is it. I go, well, absolutely, you can have that bike. And he goes, what can I possibly do to get it? And I said, what can you do? He says, I guess I could walk dogs, I can mow lawns, wash windows. And I said, isn't it funny how you come up with a solution once you have a reason why? The easiest way to hit a goal is to have a goal to hit. So he made these flyers, and he put them around town. Every week I'd pick him up and say, where do you want to go? The movies, arcade, back to Kmart. And he paid down that bike on layaway. Two months later, he was pushing the bike out. And I said, how did you do it so quick? And he says, I just did what you taught me about becoming an entrepreneur. Now, this kid's only 14 years old. I go, what do you mean? And he says, to get what you want, you help others get what they want first, just like Zig Ziglar would always say. And he said, the kids in the neighborhood were getting mad, jealous, because I was making $10 mowing the neighbor's yard. I said, what would you do? He says, well, I hired them for $5 each to mow the lawn for me. Before you knew it, he had a whole staff of kids up and down the neighborhood mowing the lawns. And so he said, to help them get what they want, I'm pushing this 10-speed out today. And it was so special because the day that I actually picked him up for the final time, the... Board of Directors asked him to serve on the Board of Advisors, and when they went in and he took his seat, they placed them right next to the cop who arrested them in the first place. And the moral is, so many times people look at what they can't do rather than what's possible and what they can. And what was
2: the time in your life that you, that you were challenged that you couldn't do it and you learned that you could? I mean, something, ta- something taught you to teach that kid this.
3: I would say, I would say still steady daily. Every day I bite off things. Every single day I do something that I don't think I can do or I don't know how to do. I'll give you an example. Yesterday I got my, uh, a letter in. I got my first patent. And so I invented something, it was crazy, but I went and had it made, I had a sample done and submitted all the schematics, and sure enough, now I'm a patent holder of a new invention that I'm working on. I've never done that before. I'm making a major Hollywood motion picture right now, and uh, it's based on the founder of Make-A-Wish's life story. I don't know anything about making movies, so I realized that get what you want, surround yourself with people who do. So when I want to make a movie, I sought out an Oscar-winning producer and said, hey, teach me, and he did, and now we're getting this movie made. When I want to become an inventor, I call up my inventor friends and said, hey, you did it, teach me what to do, I want to do it too, and they did, and now I can say I own a patent. So the whole key is there's nothing we can't do. All we got to understand is that we might just not know how. Surround yourself with people who are doing what you want, and you can do it for yourself.
2: Another thing I learned at uh, Secret Knock from you, is the revelation that people that are super successful actually have time to mentor, teach, and they're and they're more than happy to do so? And that was really a big breakthrough for me because I'm not I'm fearless with regard to asking people that are very abundant to teach me. And and thank you for that. Yeah.
3: you're welcome. And, and and that goes down to this: the most successful people are also the most available people. And it seems counterintuitive, but it's just reality. So if the people, if you're brand new at something. By the way, another uh, uh, Rolls Royce driving by. That's four since we've been sitting here. So the whole concept is if you're brand new at something, you're happy-go-lucky, and you got nothing to prove. If you're at the top of your field, you're happy-go-lucky, you got nothing to prove. If you're in the middle, sometimes you're a pain in the neck because you're filled with ego. You're edging God out. You're finding your own voice. So the key is to literally jump to the front of the line with the people who are doing what you want, and by the way, Bentley's driving by me right now. You can do anything as, as you want. So all I know is that I'm going to be driving away today with a Bentley or a Rolls Royce because they're all around here. This is awesome. Hey, you recall uh,
2: Colonel Sanders as uh, an example of stickability, right?
3: Well, of course. You know, 65 years old, you know, this guy's just a regular guy before he comes up with his, uh, his amazing creation. And later in life, people don't know this, but he ended up selling that franchise the entire business for one million dollars, which was a lot of money back in the day, but still it was a million bucks. And then he was paid a boatload of money to become the uh, spokesperson for Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, you know, all those commercials and everything we saw, he didn't even own, you know, KFC at that time, but he was smart enough to cash out and do very well. And as we know, the rest is history.
2: Well, the reason I bring that up is because I actually was having a meeting with another entrepreneur last night. and We brought up uh, Colonel Sanders. Uh, I, I think we were, reg- we were relating to uh, the persistence of, you know, chasing your dream. And I, I was pretty sure he'd been turned down a hundred and, I don't know, nine times. And I was only like 900 times off. And the, the other yeah. guy was correct. I, I, I Googled it. It was a thousand and like 11 times that he was yeah. turned down for, for an idea that obviously was brilliant.
3: Yeah, and, and it's so interesting. You know, one of one of the people I interviewed, he's a billionaire uh, named uh, Paul J. Meyer. And, and he, I asked him, I says, you know, what's the secret of success? And he said, your secret of success is determined by your willingness to handle a no. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, if you're willing to ask enough ladies out, eventually you get a date for the dance. He goes, if you can handle a no, and if you're willing to ask for help, nothing can stand in your way. I'm curious because you have
2: you seem to have a lot of certainty with regard to where you ended up. Even though you, you've been very humble about, I was a, a, a C student or D student or I wasn't a great writer, what, at what point in your life did you know that you were a leader or that you had this switch turn on, that you were this entrepreneur that had to go for it?
3: Oh, since I was always. I mean, since I was 14 years old. The, the whole thing is I, I, I just didn't. Like school is not for me, and, and you know, God bless anyone that can, but it's it's not for me. And so, therefore, I realized that, you know, that wasn't the avenue I would want to go. It's so interesting. One of the guys I interviewed is a guy who actually started NASCAR, turned it to what it is today, and I, I asked him about the whole school thing, and he said, it doesn't matter the degree that hangs on your wall, it's the degree of passion and desire that hangs in your heart, and I always thought that was pretty brilliant.
2: And if you were to create a school, would it be like a secret knock? Would it be something where people actually work more on their degree of passion versus their degree of actually what they're getting?
3: Well, my wife and I are talking about that now. We have a a three-and-a-half-year-old kid, just like you. We have a little kid. And, you know, we've been talking about what we want to create. And my wife has been working on a curriculum for a different type of school. And we thought, how special would it be if once a week we brought in uh, you know, a, a Make-A-Wish founder guy and says, look, it, it, here, here's what it's like to give back and make a difference in the world and teach these kids. Uh, if you got an inventor, the guy who did the credit card comes in and says, here's how I create these ideas. You know, if you wanted to start this thing, imagine bringing these people in and these kids learning from the actual people who did it. And so that's what we've been putting on our forefront to actually create that, uh, that curriculum as we speak.
0: I'm glad you say that because now um, I have I know, I know I'm not crazy. I have my eleven-year-old reading your stickability book because I feel like she really needed to meet you and and she she really needed to take my footsteps. But I want really 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 for her to understand who are the people that built who I am today, and you are one of them. I love the idea of the you know bringing these people to the schools, and that's one of the things that. Uh, I'm writing a paper for um, for our school board now that we're trying to bring people like you uh, for the career um, days for schools and um, its it's amazing how how you and your wife you know it's your you guys are just in the same very same uh, objective that we are right now to just bring to the children what we know and what we can do to change the world. Oh well, God
3: bless you, and, and that's awesome. And if you'd like, uh, send me your mailing address, and I'll send you uh, 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 the Millionaire Mentor book, the new fifteen-year anniversary copy, and uh, a couple other little books that would be easier for them to read. I'd be glad to get those to you anytime you want.
0: Perfect, I will do that.
2: You know, okay. I, I'm always uh, I'm always amazed by uh, children that make it big in the world, and they typically. Uh, share a story of someone they met or a book they read that actually caused that inspiration. Uh, what was one of the first books you read that actually gave you that light?
3: You know, one of my favorite all-time books... Uh, I would say would uh, be The Ultimate Gift by Jim Stovall. You know, you know, Think and Grow Rich is a classic. It's awesome. Always a, a, awesome, awesome, awesome. But when I read The Ultimate Gift, I think that's when I kind of got it. That's when the light bulb went off. And, you know, if, if I could recommend that someone read a simple, easy book that would only take them, you know, an hour to read, it would be The Ultimate Gift. Uh, it's just absolutely a phenomenal book of inspiration that teaches you to give Get off your backside. Stop complaining and do it. You know, first there's a dream, then there's challenge, and then there's victory. Most people quit in a challenge. And what we need to do to persevere, read that book and it'll change your life.
2: And so when you became a father, and I was really it was really cool when I met you, and I said, wow, we've, we've kind of not only lived a similar path, I mean you're you're definitely ahead of where I I am and I wish to actually acknowledge you for a person that's inspiring me to actually be bigger. But my son is actually the uh the person I put in the front of all my books is the person I call to uh create the legacy for him to teach him to be a future leader. How did that change your life when you had your son?
3: You well know, it was it was awesome, but the first year was tough. You know, I'm a fifty two year old guy and it's it was so strange having this uh you know, this other being around and I wasn't used to that you go half a century you know one way and then switching it people always talk about wonderful and puppy dogs and butterflies but it was a rough year for us and uh, the second year got easier and now it's just absolutely amazing but the first year was kind of tough so it was filled with all kinds of feelings to just be direct you know I had everything from you know love admiration to animosity and you know everything everything in between and I gotta say it's the greatest gift needless to say I've ever 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 had
2: and what made it so tough on the first year?
3: Well, well, I think it was because, you know, my wife going through the hormonal changes, I think, uh, for all of a sudden having another being. And, you know, I couldn't just up and go to the grocery store or the movies just by jumping in a car and going. And, you know, for half a century, if you do one thing one way, the, your whole way, and all of a sudden that pattern interruption changes. It was just strange, right? I'm not saying bad. It was just different. And so what happened is that it took a while to get accustomed to it. Now, you know, you know, I give myself that extra time, obviously, and the nannies and whatnot to make sure everyone's on the same page. But, you know, you just you go through that process and, and understand that this, too, uh, gets easier. And now it's just been, gosh, it's so much fun. Now they can talk and negotiate. I'm going to tell you, he's going to be the greatest sales guy ever.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, great. Uh, w- what about... You know, I have so many listeners right now that would be asking the same question. How is this for you, having a child and, and, and being this leader and, and traveling? And is, is this really possible for be a parent and, and be so successful? Can you, can you tell these moms and these dads out there who, who their skills is? I am a mother, I am a father, I can't do this. It, it, you know, it, It's too much to have a child and be a mentor or be successful or be a multimillionaire, so I don't have the time for that. What would you say to these mm. people, to, to the listeners right now?
3: Well, uh, there's a great quote. It says, we are exactly where we choose to be. So if the thought process is what you just said, then that's true to them. My truth is completely different, so therefore we choose to have it all. And the main thing isn't about me being a dad and doing all this stuff. I think that my wife is the one who's amazing. You know, she's the one who, you know, juggles everything in the house and, you know, the help and the things and the kid and the school and the classes and dance class and music class and all the things that we're doing. And she has the same philosophies that, you know, we can have our lives and share our lives together. And it's kind of neat because in our family, there's my wife's life. She has her own life. Greg I have my own life and then we have our family life and we weave those all together right in the middle but not one of them is dominant more than the other and by doing that we have balance I guess so to speak and that's why we get to do so much and every opportunity we can to bring our kid with us to our events and to go you know whatever we're doing we do it so I think that's my answer is I I really talk to my wife and I'm I'm amazed how, how she can pull so much stuff off.
0: Okay, so she is a stay-at-home mom, and she's behind you one hundred percent, and, and is, or or she does have a job as well.
3: No, she has a career. She's no more than that. I mean, first of all, she's she's the reigning Mrs. San Diego, and she's right now getting ready to go for Mrs. California Beauty Pageant next year. Uh, door number two, she's a publisher, so she's published uh, many famous, uh, you know, best-selling books. On top of that, you know, she's an artist, and she's got amazing uh, pieces. And then on top of that, she's a professional samba dancer that travels the country with the samba group and does the festivals and and whatnot. Then on top of that, she's my wife, and then on top of that, she's Alan, and then on top of that, she's a mom. So we all have these different hats that we wear.
0: And I'm pretty sure the most difficult one is being your wife, right? (laughs) Ha, 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 joking. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I I would I
3: wouldn't I I wouldn't sign up for that job myself.
0: <laughs> so, Greg, this is it sounds like a, a, a you know, a dreamy life. Um, you know, having, you know, a wife that supports you and does have a career and beauty pageants and all of these good stuff and all of the nice cars that you're traveling around and you know, it it's it's really one of the lives that we can Uh, not just build, but actually um, show people how to do it. And I'm pretty sure if everybody is listening right now and they they would love to be, you know, uh, where are you at right now, I'm pretty sure you have a, a small point with a secret sauce for them. Would you give us that?
3: Yeah, surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do. It's interesting, my wife and I went to Africa and climbed and summited Mount Kilimanjaro. My wife is the first Filipino woman in the history of the world to actually summit Mount Kilimanjaro. And people say, well, how did you go from the beach of California to the roof of Africa? And the answer is we found the Sherpa, the porters that have climbed it about seven, eight, nine hundred times, and that's who we hired. Wherever they put their boot print, we put our boot print in the same spot because we knew they'd make it to the top, to professionals. So that's the secret. So... Find somebody that you emulate, that you'd like to be like. If you're, if you're an aspiring artist, find someone whose art is at the galleries, being sold, and then seek those people out and ask them to mentor you and teach you. If you want to become a real estate agent, find the person who's the top real estate agent, and all the way down the line. So for myself, I went to Barnes & Noble. I bought every best-selling book. I called every author and said, "Will you teach me, and they did, and here we are 50-some-odd books later. When I wanted to be a public speaker, I went right to Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and all the big famous speakers and said, teach me, and they did. Now I'm trying to make a movie. I went right to the you know, after-winning producers and said, teach me. That's the secret. Surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do. And by the way, my life isn't right for everybody and the same as yours or the same as the next thing. It's just the one that I chose. And again, we are where we choose to be.
2: So with CEO Space, uh, what kind of impact did that have on your life?
3: Uh, CEO Space is absolutely a phenomenal experience. In fact, I'll be there in a couple of weeks in December. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's where positive, like-minded people come together, that share experience, strengths, hope, dreams, aspirations, and it's kind of like finding a small little mini mastermind group to help you along the quest.
2: And I'm going to see you there. In fact, that's kind of how we met, right?
3: Yeah, I gotta tell you, Bernie Dorman puts on a spectacular event, and uh, it's it's one of the very few events that I make sure I go to each and every year.
2: Well, I'll tell you, Bernie Dorman is uh, one of those guys that when he believes in something, he he is the ultimate collaborator, ultimate uh, unconditional endorser. Uh, he always brings up that Secret Knock is an amazing uh, experience and something that you have to experience and. You know, it's a rarity that you actually have a leader that is so comfortable in what they're doing that they can actually refer other leaders. And so uh, uh, that, that's one of the things that impressed me so much about Bernie, but it also allowed me to really get to know you better.
3: Well, thank you. Well, there's no cooperation. You know, there's no, uh, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of cooperation and collaboration and no competition because I, if someone doesn't mesh with, you know, our events, then for sure go to Bernie's, and then and same thing vice versa, but more than likely, as you see, people go to both. So all we're doing is we're filling two different needs. Where his is so business-oriented, of CEOs and, and thought leaders, which is spectacular, ours is a little bit more lighthearted and fun and kind of like a circus. So it's, they're two completely different uh, atmospheres, I guess, so to speak. But is there another question you'd like to ask me before we do break?
2: Well, actually, we're going to go straight through. There's not going to be another break. We are going the long distance because I know you're counting Rolls Royces and Bentleys, and I want to, I want to make sure we don't lose ahead, any count of that.
3: By the way, another one just drove by. I cannot <laughs> believe that. That's, what, seven or eight since I've been sitting here?
2: You know, the reason I was bringing up that uh, aspect of CEO space uh, and the collaboration is that even if you guys had almost an identical event, I would almost argue that if someone wants to be the best in the world, they don't read one marketing book. Just like you said, you, re- you bought every single book that was a national bestseller. You didn't say, oh my gosh, there's 300 of them to buy or there's three to buy. You bought every one so you could actually engross yourself in the concept of being a, a national bestseller yourself. Is that correct? Oh,
3: absolutely.
2: So if you want to learn to be the best marketer or the best um, speaker, you wouldn't, you wouldn't stop by just buying a couple books. You'd buy as many as it took to actually engross yourself in the topic.
3: Yeah, and, you know, I know you guys talk about marketing tips and tricks on this show, correct? Yes, we do. So I'll it's, give maybe, you guys one. So I'll, t- I'll tell you how we came up with our event, Secret Knot. The idea was is that in the event space, everyone's trying to do something. It's, it's, a, it's a vulgar term. It's called butt in seats. That means they try to fill events up. And I always thought that was just not cool. And so my wife and I sat down and said, why don't we do an event where we only invite Cool people. And the whole thing is, instead of trying to fill it up with a million people, we said, what if we just bring in 50 people, but they're the cool people that we'd want to hang out with and build new alliances. And that's how we did it. So, everyone that comes to our event, you got to give us a whole lot of money to come. And then we will not tell you where it's at, who's speaking, anything. (laughs) It's a secret until the day you show up. And then, even then, you don't know. And so, the whole idea is that we created a very unique atmosphere. And by inviting only the people we want to hang out with, we started to surround ourselves with positive, like-minded people. And that's how all these relationships kept growing. It's just a completely different angle. But where could you be instead of trying to sell everyone in the world, but you just only surround yourself with the right people? One person I interviewed, he was the guy who started Velcro. And I said, how did you sell 5 billion people your product? And he says, I never did. I sold 5 people Velcro. I go, what do you mean? He says, I sold head of automotive, head of aerospace, the head of medical, head of fashion. They found the application, and they brought it to the world. He said, stop trying to sell the world. Just look for the right key partners and let them do the heavy lifting.
0: That's, that's perfect. How social media uh, helped you with, uh, you know, Secret Knock? It, uh, it, it's helping, or do, how, how would you say that social media is impacting
3: I think it's, I, I don't think it's growing secret knock, but I think it's keeping you in the, in the forefront of it, and, and it's a reminder. You know, one of the biggest challenges of going to any event, no matter who it is, is that it's kind of like a, a dose of sugar. You get all fired up and excited and happy, and then, you know, a couple weeks later, that, that, that enthusiasm wears off. And so I think the, you know, having uh, a lot of the social stuff keeps you in the limelight, They keep that fire burning until the next event. In fact, we started a new thing just now. It's called SKS. It's Secret Knock Society where people can now join our group and become more of a membership base where every month we're going to start doing calls just like this with our amazing speakers and panelists and whatnot. So you stay high in between the events. So that's what we're working on as we speak.
0: So would you say that uh, the Umbrella Syndicate, it's a must-to-have in every event to create p- social proof? What would you say about that?
3: Well, I would say having these images is one thing, but the quality of images that Ken shoots is ridiculous. It's, it's, they're, they're beyond good. You know, there's pure excellence. And then it's the tagging. It's, it's knowing how, you know, one person just posting a picture, oh, that's cute and nice. But, boy, when you know how to put it up and then tag that with the right way and with the hashtags and get other people to do it and share it and it becomes viral, well, that is a skill set that very few people have. That's why, you know, uh, the Umbrella Syndicate has done so well and people keep bringing them back. I think, what, can you have done the last four or five of my events for a reason because it's just spectacular. Anyone that has an opportunity to to work with that group 100% should. I I, could not give a higher endorsement.
2: Well, thank you, Greg. I I want to tell you that when I went into your event, it was an adrenaline rush of spirit. It was, uh, when people say they have one percentile people at their event, I don't think they actually understand what that energy would be like if they truly had one percentile type people. I think they have top 5% or maybe top 10 percentile people. But your event, you're not exaggerating when you said you're sitting at a table and you don't know who you're sitting next to. You're sitting next to someone that actually shaped the world or is a multimillionaire or possibly even a billionaire. And I applaud you because you've attracted the right people. And, I, and something I'll just share, uh, I hope it's okay to share, is that you don't accept everyone for your event. You, no, go, through a, no, no, you no. go through a process, and I believe you said you turn down around 40% of the people that apply for Secret Knock. Is that correct?
3: Uh, we turn down more people than, I think, any other event in the entire industry. And we don't turn them down. We just send them on their way and wish them well and love and, and give them some recommendations for other events that might fit them better because, you know, not everyone's going to make a, a, a great connection. It's it's like dating or anything else. And not only that, but I go out of my way to bring the world top thought leaders to, to our, our circle and so, quite frankly, to honor them, you know, I don't want some whack-a-doodle who talks to a dead alien through their cat or something like that at my event because it doesn't make a fit. And, and I don't want them to harass my great friends. So I'm very particular who we invite and bring in. And by doing that, you know, it might be a turnoff to some, but to other people or the majority of the people that come in, really appreciate that.
2: Well, I want to thank you. If, if nothing else I learned in this program, which I have actually appreciated and learned a lot, I have learned that you do not turn down people, and no one really turns down people if they really want to say it in the diplomatic way. They send them down the road with love, and I love that. Yeah, that was
3: exactly. Beautiful. And, and, and you know it, what's funny is that we're all people. We're all just on different, you know, wavelengths. We're on different energies. We're on different dreams and paths and the whole thing is if you're on a path that I can help you on a a, you know that way god bless you as you know my gal who's been working with me for years Katrina you know she came to a secret knock fell in love with it quit her job the next day and come came and worked for me for years and the last secret knock someone from the audience fell in love with Katrina's work and, and and hired her away from me And I thought that was kind of the circle of life. (laughs) You know, she came to Secret Knock, fell in love, worked for me, then fell from Secret Knock, fell in love with her, took her away. But it was so cool because it was such a great opportunity for her to expand and to grow. And that's how we all are. And, again, it's cooperation. It's everyone dealing together. What would this world look like if everyone had that same mentality, that no one was competing against each other? uh, We just Mm -hmm. found the right partners, and then we collaborate and cooperate with them intensely.
2: Well, we are, uh, you know, when you're having fun, time goes by too quickly, and I actually have way more than 10 minutes of questions to still ask you, so we'll be a little more concise moving forward, but uh, one of the questions I have is, uh, you have this new project, The Secret of Happiness, Uh, what is the distinction, Uh, what would you like to share with our guests that maybe they could uh, learn more about that?
3: Well, a writer, an author writes about what they need help with the most. And so, you know, I wrote about stickability and Three Feet from Gold about not quitting because, quite frankly, I've quit before. And so what I want to do is find out how not to quit. Well, right now I'm working on secret of happiness because everyone wants to be happy, including me. So I'm going on a journey and a quest to find out what the secret of happiness is. And I'm interviewing amazing thought leaders to find out exactly what they did or what they do to create a life of sustained happiness. And as I learn things, I'd be glad to report back so we can all enjoy that uh, little bit of positivity for ourselves.
2: So uh, one of the things you shared on stage, uh, I guess you shared each time about your experience of accepting the non-paying job, uh, kind of mimicking the Napoleon Hill experience. And I, I think it's funny because you stop the audience and you say, I was able to go to the Napoleon Hill Foundation and I was able to, be connected with some of the most brilliant, amazing people in the world, and they were willing to pay me absolutely nothing, how many of you would do this? And there's a bunch of people that raise their hand, or there's some people that raise their hand, and you and you basically call them out and say, no, there was no one that would do it because it's a crazy endeavor. And I, I agree with you. Uh, it's a very rare person that would s- step up and say, my gosh, this is an amazing opportunity. I'm stopping my life, like Napoleon Hill did, uh, working for Dale Carnegie, and saying, this is actually going to change my life. This will be my life. So uh,
3: would you like oh, to share that gentle. story? And it, yeah, I would. And, and by the way, not, I apologize for uh, correcting you, but it's Andrew Carnegie. Dale Carnegie is the uh, I, How to Win Friends right. and Influence People, and yes, people do that right. all the time. But Andrew Carnegie. And, and, and one of the Thank things you. I'll just tell you the latest story, and I think this is unfortunately going to be near my last story, is that uh, recently the Napoleon Oak Foundation reached out, and they said they had to think and grow rich special edition coming out in Spanish and he wanted someone to read it and to become the voice of that book. And I says, Well, I go, I know a guy who's been bugging me, Hispanic dude. He wanted to get break into this industry and he calls me every other month. So I call him up, said, Hey man, I got an opportunity. I go, You can be the voice of Thinking Grow Rich in Spanish. And he goes, How much money do I get paid? I, go, I don't know. <laughs> I go, I'm sure they'll pay you some but it's an opportunity. He goes, How much time is it going to take? I said, I'm not sure. I go, I would guess how long it takes you to read it. And he goes, no, nah, I'm not interested. i got to pay my bill, and, and dunks me. Right? I go, okay. And here's a guy who's been bugging me, bugging me for work. Well, listen to this one. I hang up the phone, and I call my friend Ruben Gonzalez, the four-time World Olympian. And I said, Ruben, I go, i got an opportunity for you. He goes, where do you want me to go? I go, don't you know what it is? He goes, no, if you call me, it's got to be good. And I go, well, I need you to read Think and Grow Rich in Spanish and become the voice. He goes, how much do you want me to pay to do that? <laughs> I go, they're going to pay you. And he goes, do you mind if I can do it in one week? I go, absolutely. He goes, done. And now Ruben is the voice of Think and Grow Rich in Spanish. And same <laughs> exact circumstance, right? But everybody's looking for the qu- quick fix. They're looking for the how-to and me, me, me.
2: Well, you know, um, when I called you the first time, I was... I was very happy, not only that you took my call and allowed me to come out to Secret Knock, but that you were someone that didn't need a big explanation. I told you what I did, and you said, done. And the next thing I knew, I was at Secret Knock about literally a week later. And if I hadn't gone that trip, there was no way I would have been at the Pentagon uh, with uh, Phil from American Dream U, and you connected me on that. And I just I look at wherever I am, and I connect the dots. And uh, You and Bernie have been very instrumental in helping me have a national presence and connecting me to relationships. I just don't see any other way that would have happened had I not not only said yes, but that we could actually collaborate at the level we do. So thank
3: you. Well, you're more than welcome. And was it that Pentagon thing cool? By the way, people listen to this. Uh, we had an opportunity through American Dream View. It's an amazing nonprofit that shares uh, soldiers how to transition from a military to civilian life. And I was blessed to go be a keynote speaker at the Pentagon and and, and, and Ken was honored to come out and take the pictures of it. And what was really cool about it is that we got a behind-the-scenes, behind-the-scenes, behind-the-scenes tour of the Pentagon that most people will never have an opportunity to, to witness. And that was just an exhilarating experience. That was just phenomenal.
2: Yeah, and it's actually opened the door because if I hadn't been to the Pentagon, how would he call me to do future events? Like, there's always that first time that you're checking someone out. You're making sure that they have value or they, that they are who they say they are. And so you might have actually indirectly caused us being a, an international company because I don't know if you've heard from Phil, but I'm sure you have. He's going to Germany, Hungary, Austria, and Afghanistan next year for American uh, Dream that's, U. That's
3: absolutely and, fantastic.
2: And it'll be really cool because I think we may be involved in that, that initiative for him to be an international influence with his company and, and his mission.
0: Wow, that's just fantastic! Yay! <laughs> Yay! So we're right, my sister so, so with the so new here, cars here, here, there in
3: Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. So so here here's the deal. I got to start up my car again, so it's going to be loud because I got to go to this meeting here. But um, talk amongst yourself unless it cuts out. But uh, hold on one second. There we go. There you go. You can kind of hear that. I'm sure. Yeah, and we're down uh, to
2: last couple minutes. Let's let's go ahead and do a reminder uh, if, if it's okay with you to. Share how people can learn about who you are, uh, Greg S. Reed, A Secret Knock, and Secret of Happiness.
3: Well, again, you can just go to secretknock.co and we left the M off, so it's secretknock.co and you can uh, check out Secret Knock there. And about me personally, Greg S. Reed, you can Google, you can go to the local bookstore, you can however you'd like to do it, but more importantly, if there's anything I can do to be of contribution, just know the answer will be yes.
2: You know, I, I remember when uh, I've talked to you every single time, you always started the conversation with how can I serve you, what do you need next, and I think that philosophy is the, the major distinction and contributor to why your relationships work so well.
3: Well, yeah, again, cooperation, collaboration, it's just common sense. Didn't your grandma and grandpa teach you that manners? I mean, it's just the right thing to do.
0: <laughs> well, Greg, thank you so very much for this whole hour of your time. That I probably owe you fifty million dollars for that hour, but it's it's totally fine. Thank you again for uh, the mentorship through you know the years of my life by reading your books, following you, and, and you know just always knowing that my why it was the why I needed to be persistent. And and thank you again for being this radio show, for being you know everything you are.
3: Awesome. Well, you guys are the best. You keep smiling, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.
2: Hey, take care. Have a good time, and keep counting those Bentleys. I need a report by the night. I have to have a report uh, of all the Bentleys and Rolls Royces. Is there a quote you want to leave um, our guests with?
3: Sure. How about this one? You know, again, we are exactly where we choose to be. Choose greatness. Just like Les Brown says, you know, you got greatness inside you. Don't let another person or yourself talk you out of that greatness to be shine. You guys keep smiling. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you. See you in two weeks at Secret Knock. I mean, <laughs> see you in space. Thank you. <laughs> Take care.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplify. Be sure to join Ken Roshan and Gisela Gonzalez again next Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now go get your message heard.